0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. I'm your host, SJ, and let's jump in. Uh, Bear with me a little bit tonight, folks, because uh, I've been having a little shortness of breath. I have asthma and allergies, and it's been very dry, and uh, the allergy season has really kicked up here in Colorado. uh, For a couple days there, I was completely down and out, and uh, today's kind of my first day back. So I'll I'll just be pausing a little bit, but if you hear me taking a breath, uh, it's just just allergies and asthma and a bad mix of uh, whatever was going on in me. I'm just happy that uh, it doesn't seem to be uh, COVID. Knock wood, but uh, I seem to be coming back from it. So... um, Yeah, when you have asthma, that's kind of a tough thing to determine. Obviously, you've never been through this before, but uh, that's been a worry of mine, and I was feeling really gasping for air there for a few days. But uh, here we go, and we will jump in, and I will uh, take pauses if needed, if I need to grab my breath or have a drink of water or something. But, uh, so, yesterday in New York... Uber and Lyft drivers were granted uh, secured traditional unemployment insurance. A federal judge ruled that the state must promptly begin paying benefits. The lawsuit filed by the New York Taxi Workers Alliance in May was based on the basis uh, for regular UI claims. We're taking two to three weeks when all of this began. Um, I'm not sure how long a regular UI benefit took in New York prior to COVID, but I'm guessing it probably was pretty close to two or three weeks. Anyway, probably Let's call it two. But then it became two to three for regular UI. But then they had an overpour, and they still were doing these in two to three weeks. But I know drivers who waited two months. I know drivers who, after two months, were contacting me because of the knowledge that we had scraped up on PUA on all the states and still have on all the states, um, who were contacting me saying that, you know, they had had a correspondence, but that had, that had levied off. They had contacted via phone, via email, tried all these things and nothing was working. So that was one of the states where, when I was helping people with PUA here in the beginning, um, I was even hitting a lot of brick walls. I mean, just kind of no answers. And it really made no sense at all. Like, why are these people, why have they, why did they talk to somebody five weeks in and that person said, Yep, we've got you. You're going to get that payment next week. And then it was four weeks later. And then they were given a phone number and email in case they didn't get it that next week. They followed up with that and nada. Nobody would return the call or else they'd get a lower level employee who couldn't get into those records that the person had told them they had that were left on their file. And so basically they were feeling like this is never, I'm never going to see this. And it took about two months. So, um, yeah. So like I said, the New York taxi workers Alliance, uh, had, had filed this and a federal judge ruled, that they are to be paid traditional unemployment insurance. I didn't really see exactly how this will follow up with Uber and Lyft. Um, To me, it sounds very familiar to uh, AB5, except for it's not going after the minimum wage or really the wage at all. But by saying the unemployment, it sounds like, steps in that direction because uh if uber and lyft is going to have to pay in as employees unless there's some other deal that they can do this i mean if they're going to be having to pay in as employees on these people it's going to be interesting because i know that this was not based on pay this was simply based on that they should receive unemployment insurance by the state not pua but ui so, that is a story we will be following because, obviously, there's a lot more to this and I need to find that. But this happened yesterday and the federal ruling happened yesterday and it it happened. It's in effect. Um, oh, this is good. Uber. Uh, this was really kind of an odd story to me. So, Hmm. Uber is deducting uh, millions of dollars from driver wages for airport tickets uh, that cannot be appealed, which is very strange because um, it's, you know, it's it's not this, but, you know, that innocent until proven guilty or you have to, you know, the right to appeal or all that, that's basically stripped away without any kind of voting or anything. So what's been happening or at least what we know has happened at the San Francisco airport um, and others. But the examples that I know of, the two are both from San Francisco is, and they're both the same situation, both in both cases that I'm referring to here. The drivers were given citations for when they pulled around from the staging lot to pick up their passengers they were waiting for the passengers, and they were within the given wait time. So there they were, after the staging lot where they should be to pick up the passengers. Police officers would come are coming behind the rideshare cars, writing down the license plate, the information on the car, uh, finding out its rideshare, and writing the t- or not writing a ticket. They're not writing a ticket to you, the driver. But they're, they're somehow writing these tickets and mailing them directly to Uber. And so you, the driver, won't even see the ticket come in the mail. The officer may not even approach you. So you may think, oh, gosh, there's a cop behind me, and it looks like he's writing a ticket for me being here. Um, but then he might just pull away, and you're like, oh, okay, he didn't write that ticket. Great. Um And you might have even said, hey, listen, I still got a minute and a half left to pick up my passengers, so I'm within my time. But they might just pull away, and then you might see a $100 deduction from your pay on the Uber platform when you decide to cash out or wait till the end of the week auto cash out. So what's happening is that they are now writing some sort of ticket or not. I don't know how they're doing this, I, so I don't want to get into that part of it. Um, but they're writing a ticket in some way or another, mailing it directly to Uber, and then Uber is paying that and deducting it from the license plate and the driver on the platform who, uh, who is doing the pickup, which is odd to me because if you're a Lyft and an Uber driver, it's... I'm, I'm, it's kind of hard, I mean, I'm, it's hard for me to un, to wrap my head around how, they're, how the police are knowing where these tickets go. I mean, if you have a Lyft and an, an Uber sticker on you, you're waiting for a passenger, the police officer writes a ticket, pulls away, they must just be sending it to both Uber and Lyft, and whichever shows you on the platform at that time, at the airport, doing a pickup, um, is paying the ticket? I, I really don't know. Again, another story where too many pieces are missing. So, when I tell you these stories about that, I'm going to follow up on um, many of them. If you go back through the podcasts, you'll see I have followed up on. So, but I'm always earmarking them. So I, I'm constantly looking. Even if we get to next week and I don't have an answer, but the next week I do, I will say, "Hey, back in you know two weeks ago, I we talked about this." And here's what we found out. Or next week I could say, here's what we found out about what I said last week. So I will keep digging until I find these answers because this one seems really messed up to me. Because you should have the right to, I mean, I have the right to appeal a traffic ticket or a parking ticket here in Denver. And no matter what city you live in, in the United States at least, I can't speak for the world, you have that same right. So how they are doing this, I'm really not sure. So... Uh, we will keep an eye on that. If somebody does know, if you could hit me up on Twitter at UberLiftDrivers or if you can go to the website, UberLiftDrivers.com, leave a comment or contact us, or you can feel free to email us at UberLiftDrivers at gmail.com. All right, I'm just going to kind of speed through this one because when the pandemic hit, We saw Uber and Lyft pull out of Autonomous completely. And I was like, yes, finally this happened. And maybe it took the pandemic for it to happen. But maybe once the pandemic's over, they will reroute this money to a system that can keep the better drivers on the platform instead of flipping drivers, which they are running out of doing and uh, having issues with. Um, So they had completely shut these down. In the past month, we've seen the autonomous division for cars come back in full with Uber. Um, Lyft as well has brought back Level 5, their autonomous division. But Uber specifically I'm going to tag on tonight. And I know I said it'd be a bunch of good news tonight, but really there wasn't a lot of good news this week. So hopefully next week we will have a bunch. um, And some of it might be PUA extension related too, which I will get to here in a little bit. But um, Uber not only is doing the autonomous division again, they have fully committed again to uh, UAM, which is Urban Air Mobility, or um, eVTOL, which is Electric Vertical Takeoff and Landing, basically drone technology which again just like autonomous there's a hundred companies out there doing it a thousand times better than uber so why uber's in this in this sector i have no idea um i know that before they were public uh this was probably a great thing for them to be able to show their investors because before you're public investors have to go by hearsay of what you the company says or they kind of have to see it in the news so we would see VTOL stuff be, like, in the news in the, over the past, like, four or five years. Um, we would see it come up, and we would see, oh, Uber's in VTOL, and it'd be all over the news. And then it would disappear after a couple months completely. So I think it was just kind of to keep investors interested. But the problem here lies with when they pulled the autonomous division and stopped the eVTOL or UAM technology, uh, I really was hoping that out of this pandemic, they were going to realize the worth of drivers. And I know many I, uh, of you out there are shaking your head going, come on, Steve, you, you know better. They're not going to care about us drivers. Well, I really thought they would because they've run through the, it's easy to attain driver stage. In fact, in my market alone, I know I have seen a lot of texts been coming through and emails been coming through to me, um, Saying that, you know, you can earn this for three rides in a row. You can earn this with Lyft. This, this, this. They brought back all kinds of incentives, and they're big money incentives in the Denver market right now because they don't have enough drivers on the platform, and they are having a lot of trouble bringing people onto the platform. This is not. This is not six to uh, eight months ago when it was so over uh, saturated and, and there were just people lined up to get in daily. That's not the case anymore. Um, they are actually having some issues keeping driver demand or keeping enough drivers on the road to meet demand in many, many markets. So I don't know. I really hope that, I mean, I guess my hope is out the window. But, uh, you know, soon this has to stop because they're not going to be the autonomous leader. They're not going to be the eVTOL or the UAM leader. They're not drone technology leaders. They're not autonomous technology leaders. They're not technology leaders. I know they call it a technology company, but that's for legal purposes at this point. Even Uber knows, and let's be honest, that they are not a technology company. So again, another story that is earmarked, and we will keep an eye on. Um, but there's really nothing to keep an eye on too much because they're just doing it again. But hopefully they'll sell it off. Maybe they're, Maybe they're that's part of it. Maybe they're planning on selling off these portions of the company. I don't know. Um, but I will absolutely keep everybody detailed as soon as we hear more. So just keep staying tuned, and uh, we will hear about that more, I'm sure. California is moving forward. Uh in legally to limit emissions from ride hill vehicles this is kind of another odd one to me um the hope their drive and hope here is that by the year 2030 at least one third of the vehicles on the road in california will be electric now i don't know about you guys but to me it seems like this goal should be by 2022 or 2023 if they're really serious about this because i'm not saying that in 2030 the world will have ended but in 2030 will there be a need to in 10 years will there be the biggest need to reduce emissions of rideshare vehicles by a third only is it worth the legal battle because I mean, California, the United States, we, we are so overpolluted. This is part of my allergies, people. This is part of what's going on with me. Um, you know, every day here in Colorado, we have major ozone warnings. Um, I do a lot of backcountry snowboarding and things of that nature and things in the mountains. And I've never seen so many ozone warnings as I have this summer. It's almost daily. And it always goes from 4 p.m. one day to 4 p.m. the next. And at 4.01 that next day, it's 4 p.m. that day to the next. There have been very, very, very few days that that warning has not been out. And it's kind of scary because when you read through that warning, at the bottom it says, you know, what, what are the warnings and what you should do. It, basically it says, stay away from outside. And it says if you don't, here would be what the symptoms would be that would let you know you're feeling it. And there is no difference between what that ozone warning reads and what the COVID-19 factors read. So when you go to the CDC and you're looking up what what are the variables to determine if potentially I have COVID, it's the same exact things as the ozone warning gives. So... (sighs) I mean, we all know that the COVID thing is going on, but really, like the ozone has the exact same ten things. I mean, I know it's respiratory; that makes sense, but it's crazy that it's if we were to take ten points, it's the same ten points as COVID. I mean, that's that's a scary thing, and I've never seen the warning so much. So clearly, we've blown out the ozone, and my, I guess my thing becomes. If California is spending all this legal money, and I I never understand where California gets all this money to go to legal battles on every little thing possible. Not that this is a little thing, but they're able to take everything to court all the time, and other states are not. And I don't get that. But if you you are going for that, don't you want to say that by the year uh, 2022... or 2023 that you want to be at a third of electric vehicles and by 2030 you want to be 100% it just seems odd to me it seems like something that is a bit concerning like if you're going if you're really going after air quality don't put it 10 years out and be battling for it today though doesn't make sense doesn't add up Okay, just a few days ago in San Diego, a 70 year old um, wife and mother had been driving for Uber and Lyft, um, not since COVID started exactly, but has been driving for them the, for the past month or so uh, in the COVID scenario. Her name is uh, Billy Sue uh, uh, Matt. Matsks I can't really pronounce the last name I'm sorry uh (laughs) sorry about that but um she contacted COVID-19 and died days after now stories like these scare me because we've heard about other drivers dying but the fight I, I have a feeling that the fight between AB5 and Proposition 22 that will be on California's November ballot um is putting this into a very weird light because if the state is suing Uber and Lyft for not following the new California law that was AB5, that gig workers have to be employees, and telling uh, drivers and gig workers to apply for PUA instead of regular UI... Because they'll most likely get the PUA, but not the UI. In my opinion, this is kind of a conflict here. You got the state saying we're going to sue Uber and Lyft for not playing along with a law that we've created that has been a law since January. But also, we want you to apply for pandemic unemployment assistance, not unemployment insurance. However, some gig workers and drivers have already claimed unemployment insurance. And they're dr- rideshare drivers and gig workers. So w- what what is going on here in California? I mean, it seems to me like, just like the other thing we were talking about last week, um, how letting the drivers set their own rates is going to be used in court. I feel like this is going to be a very strong position on the pro side of Proposition 22 to defeat AB5. Because they're going to come back and say, well, the state is suing us for not ma- not making all of our drivers employees in January. But the state is also telling all of the gig workers and rideshare drivers to apply for PUA instead of unemployment insurance because they'll get the PUA and they're not sure about the unemployment. So, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, but anyway, so... Last week we were talking about getting PPE from these companies. Now a lot of drivers are getting really hell bent on the PPE situation. That you know that they need to uh, they need the PPE to stay safe, but they're not getting it for free, and they're not getting it at all. But then Lyft opens up a store online where Lyft is making a profit from selling PPE to Lyft drivers through the Lyft store. Now, Lyft has contracted out all this PPE to the junk PPE out there. So I can go get masks, hand sanitizers, uh, all that stuff that that I might need for PPE at my store name brand for less than I can get it at the Lyft store. Lyft is not providing it to drivers for free, And in fact, they opened up a store to turn a profit on what they're paying nickels and dimes for. So again, they're not only not taking care of the drivers, they're kind of throwing us under the bus again. And I think that they should be, I think this Lyft store should have to shut down. I think this is a conflict of interest and I think it's a complete abuse of drivers. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe we could get something going with that. Uh I actually want to talk to David about that a little bit um because at, he's good he's good with that kind of stuff too and maybe we could get something going to get something signed here that Lyft should not be able to ha- be able to have a store it's a conflict of interest and it's putting drivers in a horrible position um so if your city is still out of PPE you're kind of going to be forced into buying from from the Lyft store because not everybody can buy from the Lyft store you have to have a a driver log in with Lyft, like I do, so I can go buy there. But, you know, my neighbor across the street who maybe uses Lyft as a passenger cannot just go or anybody can't just go to the Lyft store and buy their PPE. Only we drivers can, and we still are paying a huge marked-up price. In my book, totally bunk, total fail, needs to change. Moving forward... As Peter Griffin would say from Family Guy, you know what really grinds my gears? Okay. Uber Lyft has updated the user agreements for both drivers and riders, requiring both riders and drivers wear masks at all times. Drivers are asked multiple times during the day to pull over and take a selfie before they can accept another ride which proves they are wearing a mask at least at that time um i know there was big talk and no show about how they were going to have a constant video going and if you took it off they were going to be able to close you down but that never happened we knew and i called that one right out of the gate i said nope that will never happen that's actually technology and uber and lyft don't possess technology so that can't happen um Plus, I was uh, I was fearful that that would be in you know uh, a breach of uh, rights if the on the passenger side if they were running video constant. Even though we do on our dash cams, if somebody was monitoring from Lyft, that might require a whole overhaul of how the platform was run. But let's move forward with this. So we're all required to wear masks. Drivers are asked to pull over, make sure they're wearing masks. Passengers are not required ever to do anything about wearing a mask. You know, like if they summon a car or say, I need a request a car to here. I need a car right now. It, you know, it's not saying, you know, take a selfie with your mask on, which even though it would only prove that they have a mask with them and they can put it on, they should, because that would take a lot of the first initial prep issue with drivers out of the driver's hands, because drivers are facing many passengers and a couple of different scenarios here. So passengers are not only not required to do anything about wearing a mask, many passengers are coming up to car to their cars getting in without a mask, and the driver's having to say, hey, if you don't have a mask, I can't give you a ride. That's in the user agreement that you agreed to. And a lot of passengers are abusing this, but some probably don't know as well because they probably just updated their app. And in that update, it said, you agree to all this, blah, 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 blah. They didn't They didn't read it. So in there, in the updates, it says, you know, you will have a mask. Well, I've spoken to many drivers who say that the passengers are, you know, if the passenger doesn't have a mask, they say, well, I have to cancel the ride. Or if the passenger uh, um, does have a mask on, and gets in the car and the ride starts and they start going. That, you know, a few minutes into the ride, the passenger takes the, the mask off. Uh, this has caused many problems, as you can imagine, because, you know, I know drivers who, you know, what do you do once you've taken on the ride? They had a mask and now they're making a phone call and they take the mask off to make the phone call. What do you do? So I'm going to use an example that happened a few days ago. While a driver was picking up a passenger um, from a hotel headed to Kennedy airport. So the driver pulled up, noticed the woman did not have a mask on. The driver asked the woman to please put a mask on. Um, the woman, the woman refused and the driver asked her to exit the vehicle because Lyft requires both driver and passenger to wear masks. um, he canceled the ride, so that was on him. She did, no charge to her. Uh, she and she got livid, took a whole thing of orange juice and threw it all over his back seat. So now the ride's canceled. He has to turn off the platform. He's back there cleaning the car, and um, as he was cleaning, as he was cleaning his car, the woman returned and began attacking. Um, She cursed at him over and over and over. She was holding her phone in his face saying, you know, you're supposed to take me. Why'd you cancel all this stuff? And then she spit numerous times on his face. Now he was, I've, I've talked to a couple people on this. I've read a bunch of articles as I understand it. He was kind of coming out of the back seat as he was, as she's doing this and she's spitting on him and, and she did it like 3 or 4 times and on whatever the last time was if it was 3 or 4 he threw his hand up to kind of like back himself away it was not an ag- an act of aggression and there were actually witnesses there to state it was not an act of aggression and the dash cam caught most of him to show that it was not an act of aggression and i need to point this out specifically because this could be taken the wrong way immediately when i move to the next part um so after she did this, he kind of threw up his hand and accidentally um, just touched her face. I mean, like it was her chin. There was no push. It was no. She didn't fall. Nothing. Just barely touched her face. But it was more of a, a throwing up her hands and his his hands in a protective way to say, "Hey, back off, lady! You psycho! What are you doing?" Um, or whatever he might have been saying. I'm sure there were a lot of swears. So after this happened. She, she was still swearing and trying to walk away. And he said, no, he said, I'm calling the police. He called the police. Okay. He called the police to the scene. When the police arrived, they arrested the driver. And Lyft has now deactivated him permanently. He was a veteran driver. He had over 5,000 rides and now he can no longer work. And he was arrested for following Lyft policy. So if anybody can make sense of this one, again, please contact me. Or if you know more about this or other scenarios like this, I really want to hear about them because I'm trying to put something together about this because this is ridiculous. So basically, Lyft institutes a new rule. Lady doesn't follow it. Driver does exactly what Lyft asks. Driver gets spit on in the face during covid calls the police because the lady's still harassing him throws juice all over the back of his car he's cleaning it i mean the works and what happens they arrest him he loses his he loses his livelihood what a crock of you know what okay i mean i, I don't even know what to tell you guys cuz this would i mean i would i don't know this this is so beyond you know, it, I guess it doesn't shock me because we've seen Lyft do so many stupid things that I don't know. But um, I guess I guess we'll see. You know, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's one of those things, I guess. But. Unacceptable. So, if if you do have any stories, you know of any of this, you're a driver, you've experienced anything like this, even on a lesser scale, somebody spit anything, trashed your vehicle during COVID, whatever, anything during COVID that's happened, please email me uberliftdrivers at gmail.com. Go to the website uberliftdrivers.com and hit the contact page uh, or um, find us on Twitter at uberliftdrivers. And hit me up with uh, a DM or, you know, email or uh, contact us through the website. Any of them are good. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. I was going to talk a little bit about the PUA extension and what I do know at this point. However, um, I am losing my voice here a little bit and my breath. But it's kind of in a holding pattern anyway. I'm sure that most of you are pretty familiar with what's going on, but there's a the PUA extension has to happen um, we have the Republicans or the the Democrats had said a three trillion dollar package again the Republicans are saying one trillion so they're wanting to cut the six hundred dollar PUA into two into two hundred dollars a week PUA um, now I'm not saying which side of of where I vote, I, I'll I'll just tell you, I'm an independent, and he, and this is why, because I think all politicians are trash, or with very few exceptions, very few. Um, but I think that I think we should be a merit based society, and we should only be voting on par- politicians based on what they've done, what what other people say they've done, their track record, true logistics, just like we're using science for COVID. We should be using only logistics for politicians because the fact of just, well, he's with our party isn't enough for me to vote for somebody, but I will say this. um, We did not handle COVID-19 here in the United States well at all. And I personally think that the biggest thing we did wrong was not syncing up as a nation, you know, each state running wild, and opening and closing bars and beaches and this and that and i'm not saying what was right or wrong i'm just saying we needed to do it orderly it needed to be um fluent it needed to be okay we're we're in this phase so all the states right now are going to be this and uh You know, when we move to the next one, the beaches can open, then the bars. Here in Colorado, we've had the beaches open many times. And, er, the beaches, sorry. The bars, and uh, then close again. But, so, yeah, I mean, our governor, I voted for him. Um, He seems to be really way too back and forth. We've never really been on a good trend here in Colorado. It's been, you know we 're on we 've been uptick when you look at any of the any news maps, so I know none of us really like to go by any news specifically or most of us, but any news map has always shown Colorado on the uptick you know it's, it hasn 't been a slam like California, New York, or Florida, but we 've always been on the uptick. We have not plateaued even for a little bit here or there, so we 've opened bars too soon. We've let people out, and, we, and then we've caused huge problems. We've had the, um, we've had the, uh, you know, after George Floyd, we had the demonstrations, we had the uh, riots, we've had other uh, demonstrations about an Aurora situation with police that happened last year. So there's been a lot of people gathered which has really put it out there. Plus, we have different areas of Denver, like Aurora, Littleton, Lakewood. And it's really interesting to see because if you go to Lakewood or Littleton right now, not one person wears a mask. But in Park Hill or Stapleton or downtown, every single person wears a mask. And yet the rate of COVID is the same all over, or last I knew. So, I mean, is it growing because of the areas not with masks? I don't know. But... It's even here locally, we're not on the same page, but that's because nationally, we're not on the same page and we need to get on the same page, no matter what that page is. Even if it's, you know, should we be wearing masks? Should schools open? Should this happen? I think this is a national thing. Even if your state isn't peaking right now, this is how other countries, the countries that have surpassed us so quickly and have almost conquered covid And aren't having that real second wave. It's because they did it right in the beginning. They didn't say, well, this part of the country is going to do this. This part of the country is going to do this, 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 this. They said, our country is doing this. When this is handled, we'll move to this, then this. So we did a horrible job. So I'm going to relate that back to the PUA. I don't see how after stay-at-home orders, don't stay at home. Wait, you got to go back home and stay at home. After 50% of uh, small businesses closing, um, many permanently will never come back. Um, People's job losses because of those businesses closing, even the ones that may come back that still aren't open, all these factors mean... PUA is needed and I'm not, again, I'm an independent. I I base all of my decisions on the person, but I will straight up say, no matter how anybody else feels about this, I am not a fan of Mitch McConnell. I mean, I cannot believe that there is a person alive in this country who does not care about people um, at all, has no, has no respect for people at all. Um, yes, he wants to see the economy come back. We all do. There's not a person in this country that you would ask, hey, do you want to see the economy come back? They would say, no, not really. I want to see it just crumble and fail. And I want to starve. That just doesn't happen. So, um, hopefully the Democrats get in there and the Republicans get in there and they work out a deal that does work because... This The PUA should have been through December, in my mind, or until things were under control. That's what it should have been in the beginning. However, they made it through July, thinking it'll be solved. If it's not in July, we'll fix it. Well, now we have this week and next week, and then all of, all of uh, DC goes on uh, session break for a couple weeks. And yeah, we can't have that. We, I mean, people, if you remember the beginning of PUA, when we were doing, when I was doing all this research, you remember how hard this was to get PUA into the system. I mean, if they're going to change the amounts, they're going to change how this is done. It's going to be another five to seven weeks before you now get another check. It's not going to be a week where you just, it, it got skipped and then it'll be made up and we're on the same system, which is what needs to happen now because, the, it, the CARES Act read July 31st, but as I explained last week, it's the last Saturday. So last Saturday, i.e. Uh, three days ago, was the last day of PUA. So it's not the 31st. PUA is over. It's done. And it should have been revisited and decided upon before this, even if it was just... Okay, we're extending it one more month because of the uh, Washington break, where everybody goes home. Fine, extend it the month of August, and then go back and revisit it for till the end of the year, so you have more time or whatever you needed. They didn't do that, so now the PUA is gone, and you're going to have what you know, fifteen, twenty million people, and then more because there won't be any capital circulating in the in in the economy. And more businesses will close. And more things will go wrong. And ridership with uh, rideshare and gig workers who do delivery and shopping and these kind of things, those are going to go back down because people aren't going to have money. This time it's even going to be different. So we're going to be facing that starving situation again for bread. And it's kind of sickening to me where it's all at, but next week we will make sure to, I will make sure to really hit on PUA no matter where it stands. Because I think by next Tuesday, when I do the podcast, if we don't have a decent understanding at least of where it's going or where it's at, I think we're in a big, big, uh, huge trouble situation because If it's going to have to wait a month and then be integrated, we're looking at another, again, like I said, three, eight weeks till you get another check. People can't make it that long, and rents do. And will the moratorium on rent and evictions be extended in the states that it's available in? Or are people going to start getting evicted by the millions? I mean, this country can't handle millions of more homeless people. And the infection rate. I mean, just down in Texas alone, you know, we're now at what, 5,000 deaths? I mean, that's pretty, I mean, and, and 4,000 of those are in the last three weeks. And you got tropical storms and you got people going to shelters who, somebody might have COVID. If somebody has COVID, we already saw this in California when they turned uh, rec centers and stuff into temporary shelters for homeless. Everybody was getting COVID. So, I don't know. You know, It, I, guys, I was really hoping for a good week of stuff, news, and it just wasn't that week, and I'm suffering some asthma here. So, so before I completely lose my voice here, uh, I'm going to move into, uh, we have an interview, or we have a little uh, segment here with uh, the writer and director of the Rideshare movie. And uh, I'm going to bring that on right now. And, uh, afterwards I'll just come out and do a quick outro and then we'll see you next week as always. But, uh, make sure to give this a listen and, uh, maybe it'll spark you to want to go check out the rideshare movie. It's worth it folks. Especially if you're in the gig and rideshare economy. Tremaine, are you there? Yes, I am here. Good, good. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to finally do this. Usually I have people on and we do a, um, a bigger piece, but I really wanted to just kind of a plug the movie because I really liked it, man, and uh, I wanted to get a little insight on uh, a few things. So, um, so a couple of things. I know you're the director of the rideshare movie and you wrote it, right?
1: Correct. Yes, wrote it, directed it, uh, produced it, raised the money. So uh, what? Janitor on set.
0: <laughs> yeah um so what was what did you do ride share
1: for a while i did actually yeah so um you know i did freelance uh, video production uh for a long time um and this was like i think it was around 2016 where i got the idea and like i was kind of hitting a wall with the freelance video production you know i was doing a lot of music videos i was doing a lot of you know other random little videos and stuff and uh uh, I was kind of, you know, busy. so freelance life is, is, you know, you're really busy one month and you'll get a lot of money one month. Next month, maybe you won't get anything, you know? So um, kind of something that's more consistent, I started doing uh, rideshare. I started doing Uber. Uh, I would do Uber on the weekends in LA. And um, it was like right around the time I was about to turn 30. And I'm like, oh man. So I'm about to turn 30. And I've, I've lived in LA for, I've lived in LA for about five years at that point. And so I was like, and I haven't made a movie yet. I'm like, well, I need to make a freaking movie, you know? And and then, so I'm like, well, well you know, what should I make it about? And uh, I've been Ubering and so many different, like, conversations that I had uh, in the car. I'm like, well, this is like a prime, you know, uh, like, you know, where I'd be picking up someone at 2 or 3 a.m. in this like back alleyway, you know? And it's like, dude, this is prime for a horror movie right here, so... Uh, that's kind of where I got the idea I was doing it and then it also helped writing the movie I mean the movie essentially wrote itself um, just
0: you know so yeah I mean yeah I'm, I've been doing rideshare for six I've been since the pandemic I have not been but uh, it's because I have asthma and whatnot, not but um, and a kid and all that so um I've just been taking some time off here to myself and doing some other things and I've done production too. I work for so I understand where you're coming from on that and I've worked for a laser production company for since the nineties. Um so you oh, know what, the laser I, I, production? What, producing lasers? Wait, what? Uh doing laser doing laser shows out of country around the world. We do all the carnival cruise lines, we do Disney, um, things of that nature. So obviously when the virus hit, all business was done wow basically oh through the i mean and this is the second largest laser production company in the world it's in florida and uh i'm in colorado but i used, i lived in florida for a couple of years and was working for them and i just always have had a good rapport with my boss there and he's kept me on for for gigs here and there and so you know i've been lucky enough to do a lot of uh stuff in south and central america and got to travel a lot especially when i lived there but um I know how that work can go, you know, like you can just be on fire for a few months and making all kinds of money. And like, I got paid more if I was out of country. And then a, and then a pandemic happens and then you don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> exa- exactly. And then you're <laughs> like, is it a two day dry up or what's going on here? Cause I need money now. And so I fully get it. And that's actually how my rideshare story kind of goes too, is that when people say, are you full time? Well now who knows what I am because of the COVID, but to be honest, like I used, I'm full time when I'm here, <laughs> so right. Right. like that's the priority job. Since with Uber and Lyft, I can work whenever I want. But if he, you know, whenever I can take a gig and it can work around my around my son, and I can work that out with my ex wife, then we work that out. And I always, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to do, you know, shows with Sade and Elton John, and I've, you know, done raves in the middle of like rainforests crazy Whoa. stuff yeah so i mean like we really hard hard work i'm sure you're used to it hard hard work and a lot of travel and sometimes being out of country for a couple of weeks which some people are like oh that's so cool you get to travel the world i never got to see any of it you know right i know like on
1: paper you know yeah you're traveling the world you're working with huge stars you're doing all this stuff but you know the day, it is work granted i mean the work you're doing is way better than like shoveling coal or doing something where you know, most most people's jobs like, you know, that sounds a lot, more, you know, a lot more fun, but it's like, yeah, it's like with anything I mean, you know, we're making a movie and it's like, oh yeah, you know, you get to hang out with like, cool actors and actresses all day, you know, you're just like playing pretend, making make-believe all day, you know, and then you're going to the movie premiere and it's like, well <laughs> dude, the movie premiere and like is, is obviously like the best part of making the whole movie, but um, that's not even a split second in in that you know or a fraction of the time of that everything else takes up you know it took almost two years to get to that point so it's like you know all the hard work that goes into it um people don't really see they just see like the end result the end product right
0: and it's oh okay like you know yeah and also i mean i don't know how it is with you but a lot of times you know like if we're doing stuff and And we're, you know, like a lot of times for lasers, we have to have a fully dark room and we have to have the room for a while. So often it was the midnight shift for us because sound, sound, lighting, all this other stuff always came first. You know, we were, we were kind of last. So like after everybody else got to go have dinner and then go to their hotel rooms, that's when we'd get 12 hour shifts.
1: Wow. Dang.
0: So, you know, Uh-oh. yeah I yeah, and like our bodies aren't actually built to uh, to be awake at night, you know, so you have to like you know, yeah, I mean, you can get used to it.
1: we shot the movie at night, so those were pretty much our similar hours, but where we would go uh uh we would go uh, six p m to six a m um you know, or seven p m to seven a m as it got lighter later, but anyway, yeah, yeah, man, uh, yeah, and then coming off of that like what was that like uh, you know, when you come off of a big show. Right. Do you, do you yeah. Sleep for a day or three or.
0: Well, and then I'd come back to my little apartment in Miami, and ha- not have air conditioning, and it'd be July. Oh. And I've been in, and I had been in Brazil for two weeks, so it was like you know, like I can't sleep. I'm off time. Everything was wrong. <laughs> it's super humid, Super humid out there. But yeah. It's yeah. Really humid. Like crazy. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just—I oh, wow. mean—without air conditioning, we had one swamp cooler. Why don't you guys have air conditioning? Is it, is it like? Well, we were—we, like, uh, you know, like, me and another guy had moved down there, and we were living on the beach, and just kind of—we had one room that had a swamp cooler, so we'd kind of—we oh, okay. kind of hover in that one room. <laughs> you know, it was. Um, but, yeah, anyway, back to the – so I, I know that when we first communicated, you were at uh, – you your goal was to hit um, a million views on YouTube. And I, I think I first at first told you, I was like, I want to watch it on Prime because it, it's I get a better quality on my TV. And I know you were shooting for that, so I ended up watching it on YouTube. And I actually have seen quite a lot of growth in your uh, numbers here. I was even look. Yeah, I look today. You know, actually,
1: but actually, you know what's really crazy? Yeah, like I, actually, I'm celebrating something. We literally just hit as we're talking. I don't know the views. Like the views, I get. I get the views. I get the kind of an insider look on the right. Views,
0: you get the but actual you know, analytics. Like, yeah.
1: My yeah. bottom line is, dude, we hit. We just hit. Literally, just hit 100,000 views on Right Share.
0: Cool. I was just, I was just gonna ask you, man, because I saw I saw 55,000 a few weeks back, and then I saw 61. Um, and then I saw, when I went on today, just to kind of jot a couple things down, I saw 99, and I was like, wow, I wonder, because I know exactly what you're talking about with the analytics, I was like, I wonder how close to 100 it actually is. Dude, to be honest, man, i like, am refreshing like every five minutes. Like, <laughs> and it
1: finally hit, man, right now. Uh, actually, let me pull it up a sec. Uh, yeah, let, let me see. So it, it's got yeah so okay so on on the page what people will see is 99,919 views um right. but in my in, in my uh video performance analytics right here um it says 100,764 views
0: crazy so, congratulations so yeah. you're, you're one you're 10 of the way man
1: Dude, I am man. I am, man. Dude, what's really crazy, dude? What's super crazy is that is that forty thousand of those views um, came in the past uh, four days.
0: So, so are are you getting world? You're obviously getting worldwide views too.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're getting world. We like we we went from. Um, we, dude, it was crazy because it, it took thirty. It took thirty days to get to a thousand views. Or. Maybe even more, actually, maybe 60 days to get to like 1,000 views. And like, nothing's more painful than like I'm sharing a movie and it has like 100 views and it's like, oh man, you know. It was like slowly growing. Yeah. And, and, uh, but then it hit like a, bit of a spike and it got to like 10,000 pretty quick and then it like kind of lulled out for a bit. Anyway, uh, yeah, dude, it was at, it was at like 50, yeah, like 50,000 or 60,000 like a week ago and now it's, now it's at 100k, so I'm I'm pretty stoked, man.
0: I'm like, well, we're gonna help you. We're gonna help you bring that number up even a little bit too, because um, I've been doing UberLiftDrivers.com, the website. It's a news website for gig workers for th- over three years now, three and a half years, and it same as you, man, but a little little longer. Took me a good year to really start getting some real traffic, and now three and a half years, in, we get crazy traffic. So that's why I started the podcast, and it was supposed to start at, in the beginning of March, and the and COVID hit, and so I was like, I'm I'm going to pause this till after this plays out, and then the last week in March, I said, you know what, I'm going to put together, I'm going to start it in April. I'm putting this together. There's no reason this can't start right now. Dude, and it's perfect timing, man. A lot of people are at home, you know. People are you know aren't working or they're working from home, so they're more available. Like, so it's a perfect time for podcast. Plus. Yeah, you have more people listening, sitting around listening. Oh, you know, I'm, have, yeah, I'm telling you, the first, the, so like in a, we, we did the first episode in April, like April 22nd, and it was at, at the end of April, now we only had one episode, so there wasn't a, there wasn't, now there's, this will be the 15th, we do one every week, but this will be the 15th one, so there's lots to listen to, so that changes the whole dynamic, but we had 32 listens at the end of April at the end of may we had almost 700 at the end of june at the end of june we were at like 1700 and right now we're almost at 3000 hell yeah dude awesome man heck yeah so we're seeing a huge growth growth rate here too and it's really cool you know we're getting i get to see you know i'm I'm looking at all my breakdown too and i we have a lot of uh retention too we have a lot of people coming back um so it's yeah that's
1: Great! Right. yeah so, that's
0: what you want you want everyone coming back you want people you know yeah i mean we uh, seem you know now, now i don't need i don't need to tell people where to go exactly or which app to listen on i finally got us submitted to uh, somewhere around like 35 different apps but apps but we've got the main ones for sure we've got you know google play spotify apple music spotify we're on all the big ones, but then you can find us on Stitcher and any app you might use to play podcasts too. So we're on all of them. Um, oh, that's great! Yeah, I mean, if you type in rideshare on pretty much any app now, we come up. So that's really? good. Oh, hey, yeah. okay. dude, that's awesome, man! <laughs> that's great. So that's yeah. why. I, that's why I think that you know I'm going to traffic you guys some some hits because I think that any rideshare driver, and we know a ton, um, should watch this movie. I don't. I talked to a lot of people who don't even know it's out there it's kind of weird
1: well, too well i mean i know it, it, it is weird everyone should know this movie the whole world should know this movie Should <laughs> watch it
0: uh, especially if you're especially know. if you're a gig worker though because the, i mean i think i told you this the whole time i'm laughing going Oh will kill that person just kill that person <laughs> yelling you know, like, i'm wanting every pa- i'm with the bad guy i'm wanting every passenger dead so right.
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and that's kind of something that I had in, in mind. Like, um, I talk about this movie being the exploring the gray areas of life. Like not all, not all bad people are necessarily bad. Not all good people are necessarily good. Like good people have done bad things. Bad people have done good things. So, you know, I, I think everyone, no one's inherently completely good. No one's inherently completely bad. Um, and it's actually kind of an interesting thing where, especially where we're living in, say, you know, days where there's, like, cancel culture. Be like, oh, cancel this person. You know, it's like, well, you can't really, you know, you should cancel it. You try, you really try to cancel someone else, but, you know, think of your freaking uh, perfect first, right? Like, you know, like I'm sure anyone else that tries to cancel someone has said horrible things when they were 13 years old or, or whatever. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's a whole other thing, but... Um, yeah, it, it, you know, we didn't really... I mean, look, this is an indie movie. Like, I, I say everyone should watch this movie, but, I mean, like, let's face it, we didn't have millions of dollars to back it so everyone could, you know, be marketing for it. But, that being said, it, dude, it's been, like, a really cool... Uh, slow organic growth and more people that watch it uh the more they recommend it and like uh, like every hour i'm getting new comments on the movie and all that stuff so it's
0: really cool yeah i mean you know to be honest though for an indie movie and for like you said you know and completely understood for being under the budget um that you i'm sure you were under um it's it is quite the movie i think i mean it you guys did a really good job for being on a small budget
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's the idea, man. I, I mean, you know, I always looked at, um, you know, I frankly, I, I've always worked with smaller budgets. So I, I learned how to really maximize uh, the dollars and stretch the dollar and, and get the most out of it, like the most bang for my buck. And also, like, you know, I, I, look, like it would be amazing to have $200 million for a movie, you know, for a movie to make like this huge major motion picture. But even like a huge major motion picture you don't need that much money to make a movie. And I just think it's like, look, I love movies more than anyone, but if you're spending $200 million, I'm like maybe a hundred million could be, could, could be used like building homeless shelters or something more useful in the world than like making a movie. You know what I mean? So, so I look like, um, yeah. I mean, look, like the budgets don't need to be that high. Not, not that I don't, not that I wouldn't want a crazy high budget to work with and get paid an insane amount of money. That'd be amazing. Um, and I do plan on that happening, but at the same time, you know, you can, you can. There's a lot of ways, especially these days, digital era. You can, you can really maximize your, uh, uh, your budget. Uh, you know, you can maximize, You can have it like I, I wanted a big budget movie feel, uh, uh, even you know, uh, you know, with a small indie movie budget taste. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, so, um. I, I thought it was.
0: I thought I, I thought it was great, and I lo- and I love the way how there's no slow intro to it how it just jumps into that first ride yeah i mean from yes. like the minute you press play you're in it
1: yeah that's what I, that was the goal like i wanted people to feel like you're in this you're in the back seat already like i i personally hate i hate opening play. <laughs> I I freaking hate. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I freaking hate opening credits, or like unless it's like a fancy like James Bond type thing, you know what I mean? Where there's like you know the James Bond formula, where there's an intense action opener, right? And then there's like this, you know, minute two minute.
0: Right. 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 You know, cool visuals. Right. right? Where you have a five a five minute opening scene where a huge budget, portion of your budget went to. And then an opening, I, yeah, I get it, yeah. That's cool. Like, like okay, if you're James Bond, oh, well, I'll
1: give it a pass. Like, I love those movies, and and that's that's escapism. But dude, especially for an indie movie, like, dude, no one. If, if there's a bunch of, you know, not not tacking, you know, we have a lot of big YouTubers in it, but but they're all we're all essentially nobodies for lack of a better term. You know, we're all indie indie movie creators, so it's like. I'm not going to, you know, it's not like we have, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's name put out. But but even if you had Arnold Schwarzenegger, you wouldn't have to put his name up in the front. So I just don't, I don't agree with the whole opening credits or long credits. This is like, let's just jump into the movie, you know. Let's have that opening scene, have the title, and then keep the movie going. And then at the end, we can show them all the credits and people can read the credits, you know, afterwards. and they can, You know, um, I, I think a lot of, like, a lot of first-time filmmakers or a lot of filmmakers, they get too wrapped up in, that, oh, I get to see
0: my name. The old no one's going to remember your freaking name. No one cares. You know what I mean?
1: Unless you are that person, right? Like a lot of people get, you know, you know they like seeing their name or whatever. Which, you know, which is cool, but you can have that at the end, right? You sure. can have it at the end. And, okay, people last this whole long. They like the movie. Now you look at, oh, who made this movie? Who's in this movie? Who played these characters? That's a cool part, you know, uh, to, to look at and make that. In,
0: right and if you're watching it through youtube all you got to do is just push the arrow down because they're all you've listed them all right there in your credits
1: yeah listed them all linked them all yeah know, so, so. Like, yeah yeah so got everyone's instagrams and or youtube channels or, or whatever so um that's the beauty of youtube i mean you know and it's easy to share a youtube link and, and it opens up to the world so like amazon prime though is, is really cool and it's like the more prestigious, I guess. way you know. But uh, yeah,
0: but to uh, listeners out there, don't do that. Listen, watch it on YouTube. He, he needs. He's going for a million. So yeah, we're, <laughs> we're you, like, yeah, I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, and share it with your friends. So you share
1: it with them all. Say so so listen to this guy uh, talk about it. So yeah, I, I
0: think we're gonna get there, dude. I, I honestly do. Oh, I, I, I know I, uh, you will. I, I mean, you, it's. I think. Am I right? It's four. It's what four months out.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 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 just about almost, pretty much almost, uh, four months, I think.
0: So, I mean, if you're, if you're four months out and at 100,000 views. Yeah, no, four months.
1: Yeah, four months. 120 days,
0: four months. Yeah, you guys, you guys will hit it. If you guys, if you're at 100,000 views in four months, you'll hit it. You'll hit the million.
1: Yeah, dude, sick. Yeah, man, that'd be
0: awesome. And we'll, and we'll absolutely help push it. You know, I'm, I I really, I, I really, I was one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was that I was kind of, and maybe a lot of people face this. I just have never seen such um, 180 of each other on the comments. Jesus, I mean, some comments are like really either just nice comments or over the top nice. Or some people are just just the worst man. I mean, I, I saw some just, and I, I I see how you roll with the bad comments, and I love it. You know, you do it, you do it with, you do it with, uh, you do it like a professional, and I really, I love that because it's 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 got to be tough, man, when some of those people are like, "What a piece of crap," and then other people are like, "Dude, you love this? that was great," you know, or you know, I loved it, and and I'm sure that's how it goes for a lot of people, but I just felt like when I was reading yours, like some people were like. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, that was so, I felt like it was so uncalled for in many comments.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best of the internet, man. I mean, that's, that's the <laughs> way it works. You know? I, I think that's what, uh, you got to roll with the punches. And actually that means, that's actually, from, from, from everything that I've learned.
0: Uh, it's a good thing.
1: I, it's a good thing, man. Yeah. It's a really, and, and this is something that, like.
0: Because you know, ma- that makes people watch it.
1: Right. It makes people watch... Like, we've heard... I've heard everything from, like, you know, greatest... Literally, someone put it on the top ten or greatest horror movies of the decade, like, in the past ten years. Like, holy crap, that's crazy. And then to, to, like... Zero out of one hundred worst
0: movie ever made. <laughs> uh, it must have cost fifty bucks to You know, yeah, you know, like, so it's yeah, it,
1: it's complete end end of the spectrum. I mean, I, I, that's what I like though. It's like either if you love it, that's awesome. If you hate it, that's awesome too because uh, yeah, because
0: that. because that'll get that'll get the haters to watch it. Yeah, right. The people and who like are like up. it can't it can't be that bad. I want to watch it.
1: <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's funny. Like I was on. Uh, I wasn't on this podcast, but actually this 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 uh, lights camera action podcast or something something like that. It's like the whatever. Like the like the bar stool. Uh, news or barstool people. I don't know if you saw this, this, that, that video. I have a video of me reacting to, listening to this podcast. That's where they said they gave it a zero out of a hundred or, or one out of a hundred. <laughs> like the three, like the, uh, three guys gave it like, one gave it zero out of a hundred, another one gave it like one, another person gave it like maybe three or something like that out of a hundred. They all hated the movie. Um but like they wouldn't have me on. Like they didn't, they, they, you know, you know, and like they put me up against like the latest uh, exorcism movie or, or something, like these five million dollar movies, ten million dollar movies. Like, hey, give me ten million dollars, you know, see see where these uh, numbers stack up. And anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Um, uh, like, it, it, I just learned that but like it's especially after making it too. It's like, well, guys, kind of like, why don't you guys try to make a movie? You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like something where you, I'm not offended. Like I get it. If if people, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. It might be kind of slow for some people. There isn't any blood in it, you know? So, um, uh, so for a lot of like big horror film, gore fans, like they might not like it, but if you like suspense, if you like, you know, um, movies where you could see it happening potentially, you know, then this is for you. Um,
0: no, I even I even went to bat for it because and you might remember this. I made a comment where and you were like, "Wow, that's a huge compliment," but I meant it. I wasn't saying it was on the same budget and same actor level, but I compared it to uh, Usual Suspects. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And dude, I I could I swear I didn't have any part of this movie, and I took so many slams for that. <laughs> Like, really? I, well, I had people going. What are you talking about? There's is no usual. Su- I said I didn't say it was usual suspects. I said it had that same feel. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Besides, let me like what I like. If you don't like it, don't like it. I don't care. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, it's so funny, man. I mean, you know, people are like, look. Like, I'm, I'm super opinionated when it comes to movies, but but at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I've got. Um, you know like i love like all sorts of kinds of movies like i love everything from you know like terminator 2 i love terminator 2 to like a minority report to like uh uh yeah you know to bring it on you know what i mean like like this like guilty pleasure cheer- cheerleader like teenage you know like comedy movie you know like i i like a lot of like a wide array of movies but um you could just not like one movie or, or you could like one movie and then the other person doesn't like that movie and they're like, oh, you've got the worst taste in movies. You hate, you know, you're a horrible taste in movies. It's like, we could agree with on 100 out of, you know, 101 movies, but if we disagree with one movie, like, oh, you've got a horrible taste in movies. It's like, all right, well, whatever. Uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, I mean, everyone has a different opinion and that is the thing about movies. That's the beauty and the curse about movies is you can't really prove that you're right you know, you can't really, there isn't really, you know, even a movie like Troll 2, I think is, a, I personally think is a masterpiece. I think Troll 2 is an absolute masterpiece, but in its own way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, it's a terrible movie, so is The Room, but The Room is, a, is also a masterpiece as well in its own right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, a, there's, uh, there's really, uh, there's really no limit. Like, you know, in another movie like 1917 that came out, uh, that's a master. that's a really insanely well that movie yeah i
0: thought so Um, too yeah
1: yeah yeah it's a great movie so yeah i mean look i mean it's it's entertainment at the end of the day like if people watch it they like it awesome If they don't like it that's cool too um
0: so before so we're rolling up on 25 minutes before i cut you off here what i saw at the bottom that there was what 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 needs to happen for a part two well, I don't know. I just kind of say that. I just kind of say that. I know. Uh, I, I just, I just want to be in it very desperately. And if you ever meet me in person, you'll see why. I, I would be a great character. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. well, yeah.
1: I'll definitely okay, – look, I can't make any promises.
0: But no, I, I know. I'll, I know. I'll definitely give you an audition and, and uh, <laughs> see if you're
1: a girl. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, okay, so uh, –
0: I know you have other. I know you have other projects going too.
1: Well, I do. Yeah, I do, and it's not, it won't it won't be my next project. But anyway, right? Basically, like if we like, let's say if we get a million views, if I
0: get a million views, it's kind of just credibility. It's not guarantee. It's not going to guarantee that we can make a sequel. That's what but I was no, kind of. That's, that's what I was kind of wondering. Was what was it the million?
1: No, I mean. Oh, like, okay. I could probably find money for a sequel now. You know what I mean? But, oh, I but got like. You. It's kind of I don't know I just kind of say that just uh, one help it get to a million but two if it does have if it does get a million views I think that will be a lot easier to get investors or to get you know maybe a company that wants to sponsor you know and help fund partial of the budget say hey
0: you know at the very least if it goes on YouTube it has potential to get you know in front of a million people so who knows uh, maybe maybe you'll get uh, it fundraised like Super Troopers two or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally yeah you could yeah but, see well the thing is like
1: super troopers 2 that's a whole nother beast it's like you know uh you know that's super true i mean super troopers 2 like you know that's awesome that they did it i'm not gonna say that we're at that at that level but
0: oh, I anyway. know. But, but yeah i mean but you know what in the, at the end of the day you made a movie it's out there it is a movie out there i mean it is a movie that is out there (laughs) no i mean some people like you said watched it absolutely loved it so i mean you never know you never know
1: yeah that's true
0: that's true you
1: never know but i appreciate everyone watching it and responding to it and commenting um their favorite parts or least favorite parts so all right
0: well we'll do we'll do everything we can to plug it for you and i appreciate you being on the podcast and uh let's stay in touch
1: Awesome, Steve. Yes, let's definitely stay in touch. What can I do to help plug you?
0: Nothing. Nothing. Plug you. No, you okay. can uh, check out the podcast when it uh, launches this evening. Okay, guys, check out the
1: podcast. <laughs> I'm going to share it. Um, I'm going to share it on my avenues
0: and yeah, it's a um, just just any any podcast app has it. It's rideshare rodeo. Okay, rideshare rodeo guys, check out rideshare rodeo. Subscribe. To Rideshare Rodeo, listen to Steve. Yep. Man. And
1: uh, yeah. Watch Rideshare on YouTube. Type in Rideshare Movie, uh, and it's on youtube.com slash HeyHo Studios, H A Y H O E
0: Studios. And I'll and I'll put my I'll put it in the linear notes as well too with a link, so. Awesome, heck yeah, man. So you're we'll we'll get you tagged here. <laughs>
1: heck yeah. Well thank you so much, and I'm so glad I got to celebrate hundred thousand views.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad it happened today on the podcast. That's cool, man. Yeah, that was really cool, man. <laughs> That's a milestone. Congratulations. Yeah, big time.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, maybe next time we'll be a million. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. For sure. maybe. We'll see we we'll what when
0: happens. When you hit the million, let's get you back on. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. All right, buddy. All right. All Th- right, Steve. Thanks for coming Bye. on. Bye. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having All right, folks, you heard it here first or second or third or fourth. Uh, If you haven't seen the rideshare movie yet, get out there and see it. It really is a good movie. Okay. You really should go see it. Plus it's free. It's on YouTube. Let's help. Let's help a brother get up to a million hits. Okay. There's a lot of us gig workers out there. Um, it's something you can put on your phone, on your tablet, send up to your smart TV, your not smart TV, your dumb TV, whatever you got going on, but you can watch it for free on YouTube. And, uh, it's really, really a good movie, so make sure you give it a check out. So, uh, I am really having a hurting voice, so I'm out of here, and, uh, I am gonna do my outro and say, uh, again, next week we will, will tap into this PUA situation because it does need to be addressed, and we will absolutely, if not have finalized information, we'll have something going, so, um... Make sure to check back in with us as always again next week. But uh, for now, take care of each other, be good to each other. Um, you know, do a good deed for somebody today, tomorrow, whatever. And uh, yeah, just uh, be well. Uh, keep your fingers crossed. I don't have COVID, please. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing because it ain't funny. Um, but uh, anyway, um, That's it for the week, and uh, y'all take care of each other, and we'll see you back here in a week. Peace.